everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on another gorgeous Sunday. I want you to know I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and I'll tell you exactly how many people were in it if you want to know. <laughs> you know, in case anybody's Look, wondering. Nobody in this studio even no got Russians what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so we have a very interesting show today. Uh, Monica Gomez, who's one of the, along with her sister, owns Sarah Wax Studio in Bethesda and Mosaic, is in. Uh, she's going to talk about, uh, they've got a, a sort of a special Brazilian waxing regimen. Uh, we're not regimen. doing a Brazilian instinct. I don't know Do what you know we're what doing? a Brazilian is? Not at we're all. not doing a Brazilian Not at all. Don't studio. come anywhere near my crotch. That's all I can say. <laughs> but our son Sam has volunteered to have, he was going to have his back waxed, but I think he's just going to have his arms waxed. We're just going to do his arms. He chickened out. It's okay. Aw, right. poor Sam. But that's okay. He's still a trooper. Okay. All right. So if you head down to the stadium, you know that there are some incredible options to go eat. Most importantly, Blue Jacket. This is Neighborhood Restaurant Group's restaurant that has an outdoor grill menu. And we are so lucky because they brought lots of it in studio. Um, and in with us is uh, Chef uh, Marcel Afram. And she is going to talk us through Game Day Eats. And if you don't know it, the Ricky is Washington's official drink. It's usually a gin Ricky, but it can be any spirit with the lime and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Right? Is and he right? Is he even close? July, I am right. Okay. Damn okay. you. Okay. And um, uh, July is Ricky month here in Washington, and a, a, an old friend of the show, a mixologist Dan Searing, is in. He of punch fame. Uh, Dan is the vice president of the D.C. Craft uh, Bartenders Guild. He was one of the founders, I think, weren't you? That's right. Look at you, Dan. You're a founder. Anyways, he's in. He's going to mix up some Rickies for us, and we're going to talk about Ricky. Re and there's a there's a big uh, 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 Ricky, Ricky Month competition, mm -hmm. uh, so it's a big bartending competition. He'll tell us about that, too. Yes, and in case you didn't know, the Rammies are coming up. And for those of you who don't know what the Rammies are, it is the end-all, be-all gala for okay. the restaurant industry. And we've had many Rammy-nominated people in studio uh, throughout the last couple of weeks to as we run up to it. And we're so lucky today because Kathy Hollinger, who is the executive director of the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington, is going to be in studio. And this year's event is going to be really one of the best so super glam, and she's going to tell us all about it. Super glam. Super glam. That describes me perfectly. Well, that's right. why you don't get to go. And uh, anybody who doesn't know about Tiger Fork, uh, that great uh, uh Do you know about Tiger Fork? I know about it. Uh, I know it very well. Because they you haven't been there. Awesome Chinese cuisine. That's because you haven't taken me. Why Chinese do I have to take him? Will I've you been stop there. stepping on me? Okay, sorry. Back down, girl. Okay, sorry. Anyways. Great Chinese cuisine in Shaw. Mm -hmm. uh, they also have a crazy good cocktail menu that's based on the idea of creating cocktails based on traditional Chinese medicines. So uh, that thinks. should be fun. He thinks. He guesses. God right? Damn. <laughs> Back on. You're not allowed to swear on air. Uh, I can say that, can I? Andy. Andy He's yeah, like, no, nah, maybe not. All right. <laughs> Ian Fletcher is the beverage director there. Greg Algy is the proprietor of Tiger Fork and Fainting Goat. And Will Fung is Tiger Fork's GM. They're in to talk about the cocktails, mix them up, and all that. We're going to be but you guys in just first, one second. First, let's go to the man just back from the Maccabi Games, 
Mitch Berliner of Central Farm Markets. Are you there on the phone, Mitch? I am indeed. And right. if you guys don't start behaving, I'm going to send you to your room without dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Try that. Just send her how to her was, room. Um, how was Summer Coffee Games? How did you do? Um, well, I got to up my game. There was very tough competition from all over the world, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, 80 different countries. And I came in, uh, I swam two events, and I came in fifth out of 20. Fifth out of 20 is uh, good. I think that's pretty yeah, good. Well, I didn't get a medal, so I've got to up my game. That's okay. the bottom line. Well, maybe you just <laughs> need to, like, Im- you know, continue to improve your diet with all the fresh fruits and vegetables available oh, at Central Farm segue. Market. What's perhaps? going on at the markets, Mitch? Yeah, well, actually, diet's not my problem. Uh, it's time, but I will just say this last thing about that. Um, aging into 70 next year, the competition gets a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> all your competitors will be dead by then. That'll right. be great. Well, slowing down let's put it that way so all right anyway, so what's happening it's a fantastic beautiful day at the central farm markets and this is like one of the glorious times of the year because you have so much uh, different varieties you still have berries there's still a little bit of cherries there's five seven different kinds of uh, melons there's four or five kinds of watermelons um oh, one of my favorites is donut peaches Toygo Orchard has I it. Love donut three of them. I love donut peaches. Their season Our is prepared. so short, too. Oh, they're so good. Mm-hmm. And we have one. Po- hey, wait a minute. I got a question yeah, for you. Do the police oh. like donut peaches? Okay, that's so stupid. I'm just um, curious. If they tasted them, I'm sure they would. Okay, <laughs> I just sure. I mean, curious. Summer. Seriously. You get a twofer. Um, so. We also have such a wonderful collection at all our markets of prepared foods that are made with products and that are here and pies that are made with all the fresh fruits, all the berries, all the peaches, nectarines. And today, uh, Bund Up, who's at all three of our markets, is making, and he's done it for the last few weeks and while this season continues, soft shell, uh, Korean style, in a homemade bun with um, like a kimchi on the top. I'm telling you, it's one of the best things I ever had. It sounds amazing. All right. All right, tell us where we can find you, Mitch. Thank you. Please tell everybody out and your listeners, all your fans, go to centralfarmmarkets.com, learn all our hours, what our vendors have, and we'll see you at the market. All right, you heard the man. Go to centralfarmmarkets.com. Thanks, Mitch. No, thank you. No, thank you. No more fighting, children. All, All right. right. Bye. Let's get some. Where are we starting? Are we starting with cocktails? Well, no, we're starting with, yeah, Tiger Fork with Greg and Will and Come Ian. up to the mic, gentlemen. Guys, for people that haven't heard of Tiger Fork, let's sort of start there. What's the, What's the, the 411? On, oh, the, we said it together. I know. 411 well, we on, we tig- on Tiger Fork. Uh, we're a Chinese restaurant uh, that, that um, primarily deals with uh, or, or try to capture the energy and, and feel of a Hong Kong kitchen. Um, growing up in Hong Kong, uh, you know, it's influenced by a lot of different places. We're, we're a tiny little island that doesn't have, like, a whole lot of, like, natural resources. So, you know, it kind of came up from nothing and became, like, an import-export town. So it was all about embracing that hustle. Uh, might be impossible to capture that feeling inside a restaurant, but we do our best in, in having, you know, our whole staff behind the, the – well, embracing that hustle of, of uh, the high energy pace of the city itself. And well, and I think we should say, I mean, first of all, you guys are in Blagden Alley. You're yeah. in the um, 
Like R.J. Cooper's former space, right? The yes. for people who know it. Does the ghost of R.J. Cooper haunt <laughs> you? Like, <laughs> I think so. But you really did change that space. It's really spectacular looking. It's very, oh, very you. cool. Who did you guys work with for that? We worked with uh, Edit by Street Sense, mm-hmm. uh, Brian and Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, well, their which, offices are right there. So yeah, they're, they're <laughs> right, right across the street. They're there every day. Uh, so when we when I brought them the concept and we were like, hey, from a design standpoint, I kind of was telling them my my idea and what it wasn't quite clicking. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, let's go. So we we went over and took a trip, and within like the second day we were there, everybody was on the same page, and we could kind of start. They could start to see and feel see the energy. Of the, of the city. Yeah, nice. I think if you had invited us, we would have been happy to get we on that page. We would have helped you, too, you know. <laughs> we would have been really, really helpful. Right. You didn't right. get that invite? No. <laughs> it's probably still in the... Well, you know how the post office is. <laughs> right. All right. Well, when we get back, we want to talk about how you guys put together the cocktail program, and then we can talk yep. a little bit about how that works hand-in-hand with the food program as well. Um, what are you guys making first? Uh, we're going to do 8 o'clock light show. It's uh, you got to get in front oh, of that mic, dude. Sorry. Eight o'clock light show. Okay, it's what a is heavily it? caffeinated uh, citrus and rum cocktail, almost like a tiki drink. Okay, all right. Almost. All right. Well, we're gonna let you do that, and all we're right, gonna perfect. move on. All right. So, Monica Gomez. Hi, Monica. Hello. How, How are, are you? you? I'll I am let good. you take this because I don't even know. I can spell waxing, and that's as far that's as it, it goes. That's it. All right. <laughs> all right. So I know this is a little different for us to do in studio, but I just thought your story was very interesting, and um, you know, I thought maybe telling people about getting waxed and why getting waxed and how it works and how why people do it and how to best prepare for it would well, be a I really good idea. Well, I think the best way to start is, first of all, you should just really be women who were focused on waxing. Now men and women are getting waxed, It's too. both men and women. We love well, our men clients, for too. Me. It's, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's everybody now. Right. Um, even teenagers. Moms will bring the teenagers in to tidy up their brows and... You know, do my other daughter small. My daughter's yeah. fourteen. She gets we her eyebrows. Really and my right. son yeah. is seventeen. He gets his he gets his eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, right in the middle. Pull it right out. We you see bet. them all. Right. So it's good. Um, but it's definitely just been a trend that um, is moving forward. Men, women, um, not embarrassed to talk about it anymore. All right. Mm-hmm. How often do you have to do it generally? Typically, it's every three to four weeks. When you're talking bikini waxing, back waxing, arm waxing, leg waxing, is about mm-hmm. every four weeks. And when the hair grows back in, I is mean, for it... somebody who doesn't want to talk, he's asking well, a lot of questions. Because, have because you noticed? Yeah. Just, you know, for me, it's like. Mm-hmm. But does, does the hair, when it grows back in, is the hair, like, prickly? I mean, So like... you're going to have maybe a day or two of that. Um, it's not the same, though, as when shaving because it's growing in thinner. So mm-hmm. it's a lot better of a grow-out process than when shaving. But you'll have a couple days of that, and then it's smooth again. But it's – so let's talk about the process. Sure. So, like, what kind of wax do you use? How do you decide that? And are there waxes that are more – Better for bikini, better for arm, better mm-hmm. for brow. Like, how do you go about picking what you're using? Sure. We use a gentle hard wax. It basically shrink wraps around the hair, and we use uh, just the wax itself to remove the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, we do that for bikini, underarms, facial waxing. So to answer your question directly, any gentle, smaller areas or more sensitive areas, we use mm-hmm. the gentle hard wax. Okay. Larger areas, we use uh, gentle soft wax, and mm-hmm. that's when you apply the strip over it and remove it. Ooh, sorry. So so I want to know if Andy's taking notes. Okay. <laughs> so is the wax, like, sticky? Um, so the hard wax will literally harden. Right. And then you just grab it and pull it, and then you'll just be able to, like, ball it up and throw it out. And what does this do to the skin? It will exfoliate the skin as mm-hmm. well as remove the hair. So not only are you getting the smoothness from no hair being there, but you're getting a light exfoliation as well. Oh, so it's it's 
actually really helps. It's skin. great. It's adorable. Absolutely. Process. All right. So we have brought in our son today Yay. to be your uh, come in here, Sam. Your guest, your model, <laughs> and we're gonna wax his arm yes. today. Originally, we, we talked are. about the back, but we've decided that maybe that's not such a great idea. It was too 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 large of an area. Too large of an area. Uh, not a long enough program. Uh, maybe like too furry. It looks like the set of Tropic Thunder okay. back there. So. Are you ready, Sam? Okay. I'm ready. All right. All right. All right. So we're gonna let you guys go out studio. Okay. But we'll be able to um, hear you. All right. So. Is, there, is there any uh, uh, just before? Because we're gonna go to a commercial in a second. Sure. Anyways. Prep of the skin that has to happen, or you just lay the wax right on and we do a pre cleanse. Then, for the strip wax, larger areas, we do a powder, then we apply the wax. Then, after we do a post wax, and we do that for you, so there's nothing that you need to What's do. What's a post wax? It's a post wax serum, so it keeps the skin calm, it keeps you from being sticky as well. Okay, so cool. you just feel like luxurious. Is he when gonna you leave. yell? Can yeah, hear that? awesome. Well, he might cool. just be like, oh. that's usually what guys do. <laughs> He's yeah. also very dramatic. So yeah, I like this at work. Good for okay. you. All right, yeah. great. All right, we're cool. gonna let you guys go right. do that. Let's All right, so we're gonna wrap this up early. We're gonna take a break right now, and then when we come back, we're getting into game day eats. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I want to remind everybody that at the fabulous market at River Falls in Potomac. Our good buddies over there. July mm-hmm. is um, it's twenty percent off pies from Whisk. Can't even say it. Whisk Bakery mm-hmm. and twenty percent off organic ice creams from Trickling Springs uh, Creamery and Dolceza Gelato. So, and I've been there and I've had it and it's good. It is so go good. to the market at River Falls. All right. So go back to the guys from Tiger Fork. You made us a drink here. Did it's you beautiful. Did yeah, you it's it is really beautiful. beautiful. Is that Cheers, cinnamon? everybody. Cinnamon, yeah. cinnamon. Let's see. Mm. Yeah, it's really yummy. Oh, that's good. But so you said it's caffeinated? So it's an energy drink. So it's, it's kind of drink. kind of from a chi- traditional Chinese medicine formula for kind of a uh, gives you energy throughout the day. So what made you guys decide to incorporate like sort of medicinal Chinese properties into your cocktails? So one of the things we noticed when we were doing our research trips and some of the experience that I've had in the past is there's a lot of tonic shops in Hong Kong, and they all have different medicinal purposes. You know, one of the ones we tried over there was made with turtle jelly, which was just really strange and weird. Say what? Wait, what is Tur- turtle jelly? Turtle jelly. It sounds like, it's, it, is it right. what it sounds yeah, like? it's exactly like what it sounds like. boiled down turtle? Yes. Okay. Uh, and they all have different. Okay, can I just say ill? That yes, sounds gross. It's, it sounds okay. gr- it was gross. Especially <laughs> if you're a turtle. Probably. Especially <laughs> if you're more a turtle. gross. So from there, they have all these different claims of what they, they help you with a- mm-hmm. ailments and so forth. So as we were kind of doing the concept, it was such a big part of what we saw in Kowloon and some of the other areas that mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of incorporate it. Uh, so we started working with the Chinese doctor here, uh, and Ian, those guys had done research and went through it, and we kind of we have a big list of cocktails that lots, we're going to be lots doing. Lots and lots of Internet research. Tell me again what's sounds, in here, though. But, but that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much fun to like sort of like take those kinds of properties and add them to cocktails you know what uh, i mean like yeah it, w- it was really cool it's it's not something i'd ever even gotten into before all mm-hmm. the ginseng all the crazy roots and do they add and flavor uh they do um the vast majority of it is not good okay uh they're they're bitter or like because really, they're kind of really like woody. mushrooms right mm-hmm. yeah some yeah okay um so most most of what we were doing, at least as far as the cocktails, is trying to try to work your way around the bitterness. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Either work with it or just disguise it totally. Now, what are we making next? Uh, next, I can do. You got to put your face in front of the mic. Uh, we'll do Bird Market. This is a cocktail for uh, 
the immune system. Cool. I could totally use that. All right. Well, we're going to let you guys do that. And now we're going to get into game day eats. All Hi, right. Marcel. Hi. So Marcel Afram is the executive chef at Blue Jacket, which mm-hmm. is a neighborhood restaurant group, all-star restaurant down by the stadium. Yep. And um, I guess on game days you grill it up. Is that how it works? Yeah. Outside. No. Outside. Right. Yeah. So you guys just you guys must get swarmed. We do. We have a fantastic grill uh, over on the corner of Fourth and Tingy Street in Southeast, mm-hmm. um, right outside of the restaurant. Um, we go through hundreds of pounds of oak wood, and we do a lot of traditional fare, burgers and sausages, but we also do some unique things. Um, well, like, so, like, yeah, today. like you brought in today. So, yeah. like, let's talk about some of the things you brought in. Yeah, so we have a play off of a shrimp boil, mm-hmm. um, and we take some uh, shrimp that we get from South Carolina. I like to brine it in a little bit of vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, we grill them up with some of our house-made andouille sausage, corn, um, with a little bit of butter, and a little bit of hot sauce. So, but when people come outside to the grill, mm-hmm. are they sitting down or like can they just like buy it and take it with them? How yeah, do you guys you, do it? Any any way you'd like. You know, okay. you can take it to go. Um, some people take it to the game with them. Right. Um, you can sit outside. You can order it in the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. So there's lots of ways that you can. How oh, far do is it. the stadium from the restaurant? Um, it's, it's about so three blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, how do you come up with the kinds of things that you want to serve? So, I think for me, there's uh, three things. Right. There's things that are indicative of the brewery. For instance, the wings we have. Uh, I brine in one of our flagship beers, which mm-hmm. is a Forbidden Planet. Mm-hmm. The Kolsch, um, it you know gives it a great, um, it's a little little hint of beer that comes through. Um, and then there's things that are personal to me, like our falafel burger, uh, which is a can great. Can you pick one up so we can yeah, get that? Absolutely. That they're so beautiful. Thanks. I think someone should try it. I think my husband would like to try the falafel <laughs> burger. Definitely think someone okay. should try this. Um, and so, how do how do people feel about the falafel burger? Do they uh, like it? Yeah, it's it's gotten great feedback. You okay. Know. Um, thanks. Yes, there you go. There's great feedback. Well, um, wait. So, but yes, go ahead. I don't falafel. I feel good. Okay, that is again really stupid. This is stupid. And I'm so fortunate that for a moment I almost said a swear word before stupid, but I didn't. I had the presence of mind not to do that. You should feel fortunate because you'll be off the radio. I know, exactly. Mm, it's very, very good. Thanks. So you have a lot of fun playing with things yeah. and stuff like that. So, But how do you keep up with the crowds? Because you guys just must get swarmed based on your location and where you are. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that we take pride of is uh, working with our local community and our sourcing. And um, it actually, doing the volume that we do gives us the option to source from a lot of local people. Well, I know you guys work with Acadia. Yeah, absolutely. So... How do you go about sourcing? Like, how are you doing that? Um, you know, there's there's uh, some uh, there's a speed dating event that we do once a year where we get to meet a lot of our local farmers, which I've uh, been to. Yeah, which has proven out to be really really good for us. Um, right now, we're currently working with about twenty different local farms. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about ten of them, fifteen of them are uh, produce related. Um, but we don't want to wipe out one particular place by ordering, you know, hundreds of pounds of something. Sure. So it really gives us the opportunity to. From multiple places. And how important is that to your consumer? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it because I feel like it's important, but sometimes, like, how do you, how does that message well, there get was that tra- article in the post where yeah. some people said, well, I don't care. You know? Well, yeah. I just felt like if they don't care, then they, there are yeah. plenty of places where they can go to. Sure. Yeah. Not, absolutely. You know what I mean? I, I agree with that. And I think that it's our responsibility to be socially conscious in that sense and mm-hmm. to uh, give back to our community, you know. Um, it's hand in hand, right? We support we support locality, and it ends up uh, helping us out in the long run. Right. We also talk. The elephant in the room is the fact that Blue Jacket is a brewery. 
True. And I don't really think that's an elephant in the room. It is. I, you know, <laughs> if you haven't, I mean, if you if you know Blue Jacket, fine. If you've never been there, what you, I mean, you got to go see yeah. how the and it's a real no kidding brewery with Absolutely. how many vats are there? They're like twelve, right? Twenty. Okay, okay, like yeah, twenty. Like twenty, yeah. right? And you know how that's been incorporated into the whole restaurant's Absolutely. you know offering. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, and we work hand in hand with the... I was just going to ask, how do you guys do that? Yeah, you know, we try to, um, obviously, you know, new beers come up and we try to uh, play some food items off of that. With the grill menu, that's really easy, you know, with your IPAs mm-hmm. and the sort. Um, but as well as, uh, as well as the food, you know, we collaborate on many items. I bet. Yeah. Do you use a lot of the beer product in... Your we food? do, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and it's 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 a lot of fun to do. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, the wings we actually let it sit in the Forbidden Planet for at least uh, twenty four hours right. before we grill them, um, and you know, get them nice and plump. Mm-hmm. Um, sugar content in the beer definitely helps with, with right. that. Sure. And so, how about pairing with the beers and the food? How do you like work with the team there as far as like recommendations when people are ordering different things? I think it all starts with a great idea. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody wants to do something, and then we you know discuss it amongst each other and. Say, hey, how can we make each other's product better? And how do we create this staple for Blue Jacket? So do you get to sit with Greg Engert and kind of play and say, let's make a beer that has, I don't know, ginger in it well, or I'm rosemary? Well, I'm sure it's probably the reverse, yeah. right? It's, is it? It's, it's the reverse. It's the, the, the food. The food is definitely influenced by the beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes the most sense yeah. because of the way the product is done. Exactly. But let's talk about, I want to talk about the falafel burgers for yeah. a second because they're delicious. That's they are really Thank delicious, you. and I didn't really think that I liked falafel Thanks. until, like, just now. <laughs> so um, what's in falafel? Let's tell people, like, what's in it and, like, how you put it together. Sure. So this recipe's been in my family for many generations. Mm-hmm. Um, chickpeas are kind of like the peasants' potatoes of the Middle East. Um, so they're in abundance, and mm-hmm. they're used for everything. Um, so we take some chickpea- chickpeas and fava beans, uh, tahini, which is a sesame paste, mm-hmm. Um some peppers and onions and garlic, uh, form it together, mm-hmm. um, lightly fry it, and then throw it on the grill to get a nice extra char, which is kind of a different element that you don't. If only the Irish had had chickpeas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has um, a lot of really good flavor, and the yeah. char on it from the grill is. Well, when really you're in amazing. the Middle East, like when I was in Israel, mm-hmm. they're roadside stands, and you pull in, and you get you know, tahini and and hummus yeah. and stuff in great little pita things, yeah. and that's. Fast food there. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so how else stuff. does your heritage affect some of the food that you're making? Um, so it's really Mediterranean, Middle Eastern influenced. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I think it's something that people are becoming more familiar with. Like you said, the hummus and the tahini. You know, I think people are it's becoming a standard of American cuisine as well, which is not a doubt. Great. Right. So I think we, there's I think most people have a thing of hummus in their fridge. Yeah. Do you absolutely. know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, we just play off of those little things. And I. The biggest influence in my life is my mom, my grandma's cuisine. So right. So, are you taking any more from them? And like, yeah, uh, there's, there's, uh, I use my mom's famous potato recipe that I grew up eating on okay. our pork chop dish. So what is it? So it's uh, potatoes marinated in garlic in every single way, uh, as well as all the paprikas. Okay, so, cool. <laughs> yeah. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, all right. Well, so we're going to wrap up with you. Thank you cool. so much Thank for bringing you. in all this great Let's food today. Let's make sure so, everybody knows where Blue Jacket is exactly. And when they can see the grill out yeah, so that so, they understand how it works. Uh, 300 Tingy Street Southeast uh, mm-hmm. over by the Navy Yard, uh, three blocks away from Nationals Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, grill menus fired up every single uh, ball game. Um, but stay only tuned. on ball game days. Well, stay right? tuned to our social media, and mm-hmm. we will be running. We do run specials. Okay. Um, How much before the game and after the game? Uh, two hours. Okay. Yep. Before and after. Yep. 
Even like on late game days? Uh, ish. Ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, there's, if, if there I mean, are people out there, extra innings and it's two in the morning, you're probably yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah like 16 innings, we're, we're right. not. Yeah. We're at. All right. Well, thank you so much Thanks for so much. joining us this morning. Okay. So before we go to our commercial break, we are going to go quickly to Sam Nellis oh, oh, and yeah. see uh, how he's doing out there in um, Waxland. How's it going, Sam? It's going great. We got one arm down. We're halfway through the next arm. And, uh, all right. she's, she's an excellent waxer, so it doesn't hurt at all. Okay, so we have the word that well, you're, she you're, is an you're, excellent waxer. You're kind waxer. of a buzzkill. You're not right. screaming. You're not. A couple of grunts from Sam. All right, this is David and Nikki Nellis from Foodie and the Beast. My son Sam will soon have very smooth arms. And I can't wait and, to touch uh, them. And later in the show, we've got uh, Kathy Hollinger coming in. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. So Dan Searing, who is Hi, Dan. a favorite Hello. guest, he's a uh, famous mixologist. Are you famous, Dan? Look at him. He's preening. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, he shrugging. Authored, <laughs> he authored a great book yeah. on, on um, um, punch. punch and, and um, all the different kinds of the, the formats for punch. It was a great book. And punch bowls. And punch bowls, too. And, it's um, one of my favorite books to give as a gift. Oh, thanks. Sadly, it's out of print now, so oh. if you see it, grab I one. I have it. I have two. Yeah, well, there you I go. I bought a couple. Two. One for Everybody your collection. And $5,000 a, a piece. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dan is also with the D.C. Craft Bartenders Guild. He's one of the founders. He's the current vice president. And July is Ricky Month. Yeah, I'm getting the thumbs up. July is Ricky Month. The Ricky is the uh, traditional, it's the, it's the drink of Washington, D.C., Dan, let's start off with how did the Ricky come about? Well, before I answer that, I want to give some props to the current officers of the D.C. Craft Bartenders Guild. Okay. I was a longtime vice president, oh, you're and I'm very anymore? proud to be a founding member. But our current uh, president is uh, Andrea Tatiosian, and the current vice president is Rachel Kling. So particularly, I want to highlight them because we have an all-female upper executive staff right now. Which, which is I think fabulous. Is important to What to an egalitarian respect. you are. All right. So, um, the Ricky. So the Ricky is a cocktail that was invented in D.C., so it's something that we can claim as a native to our heritage here in Washington, D.C., which is important because people often think of this city as being so transitional culturally because so many people have come and gone over the years mm -hmm. through their participation in the government. But the fact is there are also a lot of people who live here year-round, whether they are involved in the government or not. Right. Uh, and so it's a part of our, our heritage here. So much like New Orleans recognized the Sazerac as important to their heritage, mm -hmm. D.C. in 2011 recognized the Ricky as D.C.'s native cocktail. But how did that come about? Like what sort of research was in play to well, it was largely that. the effort of uh, local historian uh, Garrett Peck, who's mm -hmm. an author of several wonderful books, not all of which are about uh, alcoholic beverages, but several are. He's written about beer as well as about cocktails and prohibition. And uh, Derek Brown and Angie Featherston and their organization did a lot of work in terms of research Who? and establishing... <laughs> Est establishing the provenance of the cocktail and then convincing the uh, D.C. City Council to recognize it through an official proclamation. Mm -hmm. And in 2011, they actually installed a plaque at the J.W. Marriott, which is close to the location the site, of yeah. Shoemakers, which was the bar where in 1883, as far as we can determine, cocktail history is always a bit murky. Uh, the, the well, Ricky that's because was they're drinking born. so much. Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> it's, not, it's not exactly a memory enhancer necessarily. <laughs> <Right>. Well... <laughs> 
maybe with the help of Tiger Fork, yes, right? Exactly. Maybe we can change that exactly. whole process. Twenty first century, whole different story. But we're <laughs> right. back in the nineteenth century where people started out their day with a drink quite mm-hmm. frequently in uh, for you know, uh, purposes of uh, maybe getting over the ones they had the night before or just because it was, it was not considered unusual just to have a drink now and then throughout the day. And so uh, Colonel Joe, who was a lobbyist. So I'm ahead of the curve here. Is yeah, that what you're absolutely. saying? Yeah, absolutely. We, are, we all are today, <laughs> right? right? So right? I'm enjoying she a cocktail right now. But just watch out for her in traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, see, no, back then. see, now there's Ubers, so yeah. we're all good. Yeah, and back then you could just, you know, uh, flag down a uh, horse-drawn cab or something a like horse that. horse-drawn yeah. an Uber. <laughs> or you would just be walking uh, around, and that uh, energy that you'd get, uh, that little lift you'd get from a cocktail, or the refreshment, really. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, earlier we were talking about the Ricky being described as air conditioning and glass, which is a, a, a phrase that I think uh, Derek originated. And it's a great description of it because D.C. has always been hot, still is, uh, mm-hmm. and w- just as it was back in the 1880s, uh, you know, we've maybe experienced a degree of uh, or two of increase due to climate change. But it was still pretty darn hot back then, and they didn't have air conditioning uh, to help them out except mm-hmm. for in perhaps liquid form. Well, let me so, so we should talk about yeah, what it actually yeah, is. What's yeah. in it? So it's a base spirit. Originally, it was made with bourbon. The colonel drank bourbon and soda. And one day, uh, George Williamson, the bartender at Shoemakers, mm-hmm. um, who's actually buried in Mount Olivet Cemetery. If you ever want to do an interesting uh, hi- uh, historical tour, you can go and see him uh, or see his uh, his headstone. Yeah, he's not there. Nah, he's not there. And we did visit. The, bar- the Bartenders Guild went and paid tribute to him at his gravesite one time, which was pretty entertaining. We all wore masks of Colonel Joe Ricky, which I think probably actually would have been a bartender's worst nightmare to be surrounded <laughs> by a dozen versions of your, your uh, one of your most famous regulars. But... Um, so it's basically a base spirit. Uh, today we've made them with uh, Bullet Bourbon and Edinburgh Gin. Mm-hmm. Those are the sponsors of this year's Ricky Month competition. Um, and uh, soda water. We've used uh, Gerolsteiner today. Traditionally, you want to use a high mineral content soda water if you want to be really historically accurate. But it was also made often with soda siphon water, too. So carbonated water okay, on top you gotta of that. you got to explain what soda siphon like, Oh, what just you meaning mean? like any carbonated just water. Car- Back then, it would have come out of a soda siphon like you'd see the maybe the Three Stooges blasting each yeah, other with, right, that right, kind right, of thing. Like okay. But it also could be <laughs> your... <laughs> oh exactly. It, it also could be... Uh, um, you know, your home carbonation thing or just seltzer water out of a can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so base spirit, traditionally two ounces. Um, you're adding that soda water and you're squeezing in the juice of half a lime mm-hmm. and then you're dropping the lime shell in the glass as the garnish. So w- when they do the comp, let's talk about the competition because we want to make sure. Can they use any any kind of alcohol? Is it is it a Well, the Ricky became popular endeavor? with lots of different types of base spirit. It sort of, uh, about a decade after being initiated with bourbon, gin took over as kind of the most popular base. Right. Gin was becoming more popular as a drink. Um, it works wonderfully with the flavors involved. Colonel Joe would have nothing to do with gin. In fact, he thought basically real men didn't drink gin and said mm. as much in we print. We don't. But, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it became much more popular as a gin, Ricky, and mm-hmm. then eventually became a popular soft drink, which was just basically a lime soda. Right. So after Prohibition, it, for many years, it was associated just with the idea of like a lime like soda. Like a soda. But you can use other base spirits. So, you know, the mojito is a variation of the Ricky because it's based on rum and soda water. Now you're muddling some mint and adding a little simple syrup. Traditionally, right. you add little to no sugar to a Ricky. Um, but there were even things in the Savoy cocktail book. For example, there's a Caperatif Ricky, which was a um, fortified aromatized wine, like a vermouth. So that was with soda, which is great with any kind of uh, beverage of that category, and a squeeze of what wine. What is so, your favorite? What do you like? Uh, I, I'm a whiskey guy, so I like You're the bourbon Ricky. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was also uh, made with rye at the time, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the Colonel Joe was from the South, so bourbon was part of his heritage. Rye is part of the heritage of the Mid Atlantic. 
Uh, and bartenders throughout D.C. are using either bourbon or rye from Bullet and a couple different types of gin from Edinburgh. The seaside gin is what we use today, but they make a traditional Okay, well. so now where can people go and, like, get in on all this? So uh, go to the D.C. Craft Bartenders Guild website, which is mm-hmm. dccraftbartendersguild.org, mm-hmm. and you'll find a list of the different bars that are competing. Mm-hmm. So they have to have a Ricky on their menu or available in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some bars and, and uh, don't have a printed menu. They'll have a, a you know special menu or something like that. Mm-hmm. They'll have an original variation of the Ricky, and uh, on August 6th at the Jack Rose, we're going to have a party slash competition, which is traditionally how we've celebrated the end of Ricky Month. So sometime in early August, we get the top competitors together. They go head to head. The Rickies flow freely, as does the uh, the good the merriment. And uh, it's it's a really, really fun party. A great value if you're looking for fun to something fun to do on a, well, on a Sunday. Th- that's on the 6th at 1 p.m., right? Correct. Okay. See, I did get something right. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you can be vice president. Uh, you know, emeritus. Anybody, really, emeritus. <laughs> All right, that's great. Dan, thanks so much. Thank you. It was my thanks pleasure. For Thank you for in. having me. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. All right. All right. Well, let's go back to the uh, Tiger Fork guys okay, for a great. second. What? So I t- can totally appreciate now, having had your second drink, the use of some of these medicinal properties, because you can taste the woodsiness in it, but yeah. I find it really appealing personally. Like, I kind of like that sort of layer in and there. And I think it has healed my male pattern baldness. So this is just great. Okay. <laughs> We're going to do it before and after. Like, we'll have a picture of David and then a picture of Ian. <laughs> right? Um, so how do you guys go about working with these properties and try to take some of that funk out of the drinks? Uh, we use a lot, a lot of citrus. Mm-hmm. Um, literally every single, especially the... Chinese medicinal cocktails mm-hmm. all have citrus. And are they um, popular? They are. They're much, much more popular than uh, I assumed at the get-go they would mm-hmm. be. Uh, essentially, I doubled the pars we started with, and I have since then doubled that. So they're, right. they're the best-selling thing on the cocktail menu right now. Okay. Well, I think because they're interesting and different, and I yeah. mean, and they're tasty. I mean, if they weren't tasty, it would be a different story, obviously. <laughs> and how do you guys go about working your cocktail menu with the kind of food you're serving at the restaurant? Um, the cocktail menu, in, in all honesty, uh, is a separate entity. Uh, okay. We do have a stellar wine list um, mm-hmm. that is literally for the Was that the put food. together by Sebastian? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the the cocktails. I mean, are, we know him. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't know Seb? It's all um, about finding the right balance, like with the with the bitterness of the the medicinal like tinctures and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, all those stuff. Is finding the right citrus for it. We use like many like mandarin, yeah, mandarin, yuzu. bergamot, yuzu, mm-hmm. orange, lemon, lime. Literally any citrus we can get our hands on, we're You're probably just trying using to play it. With that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh to find the right God. balance, and, and that's the same way with the food is, is to get a good balance. You know, with the acidity, the bitterness, and, and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of stuff in Chinese cuisine um, also has the same balance of bitterness. You spend a lot of your time too. just drinking and eating. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any shame in that. <laughs> it's a lot of playing around and, and experimentation. So that's the nice part is that we're just starting to to figure out some of these things, and there's so much to kind of pull on. So as we keep going forward, there's it's just going to get more and more exciting for for us to kind of play with it a little bit. Well, more okay, drinking. what are you more guys drinking, eating? What are you guys doing next? Uh, this is actually a variation of a classic cocktail called a lion's tail. However, this is a tiger's tail. Okay, cool. Um, All right, we're going to let you do that, and then we're going to come back to you at the end. 
cool. And introduce Kathy Hollinger. Hey, Kathy. Hi. Welcome. Hello. So nice to have you How back in studio. You? You're all tan. She looks Am good. I tan? Yes, you no. are. You're good. beautiful. I got to keep it going. No. Yeah. Who doesn't? And she's yeah. here with her new puppy. Where? Who's not? I know. I told you. She, she's, she's downstairs. Outside. She's outside. She's waiting for you. She'll come later. What kind of puppy is it? A mini golden doodle. Oh. She's so delicious. She's oh really cute. All right. She's I so got to see this animal. Yeah. All right. So let's start from the start. You're the executive director of the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington. What is that? So we are the official trade association for food service. Um, that's restaurants, distributors, anyone who does business within the food service industry across the region. We represent them on the legislative side. We represent them on the marketing end. Um, and we are really an advocate for the small business operator. And then we throw a big party. And then we throw a huge party, <laughs> recognizing all the great talents. As you guys know, this year has been stellar. We've had an amazing year. Mm -hmm. The city and the region have gotten a lot of accolades. Um, and we're a really unique market. So this is a celebration of that market. Well, so how do you go about, I mean, we've had you on before to talk about it, but let's refresh everybody's memory. Sure. Because um, there is a nomination process, and then there are nominees, and there's a lot of rules and secret judges and all that kind of stuff. So And, and there's always sometimes questions of, like, transparency and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Which I always sort of find, like, it's like it's your... It's your event. It's your gig. Like, you can do it any way Just you remember, want. Just remember, transparency is a big word this week. So. <laughs> I know. That's right. Well, so tell us how it works for you. Yeah. So about seven, seven months out, mm -hmm. we uh, there is a panel of judges that come together, anonymous judges, um, members of the media, food critics, professionals in food service, mm -hmm. not myself. Mm -hmm. They are a part of the judging process. And there are... Um, there are processes around who qualifies, how long you've been open, because what it is a long process. So what you do want is to make sure whoever you are acknowledging is around, um, is around <laughs> yes. because we know we know what this business is like. But mm -hmm. of course, I mean, we have spent so much time creating a process that is transparent, even though it is not a transparent process, mm -hmm. to make sure that people are aware that this isn't two people in a room figuring out, you know, who's Picking the best who of the like best, and right. Like, right? And especially not me. I think mm -hmm. that's most important. Mm -hmm. But um, then there's a, for the record, not me either. Not, not you either. That's <laughs> right. I, I think you both, you if and you I both. If you were a judge, would you tell me? <laughs> yes, you? And then kill me? Probably and then have kill to kill anyway. you. That's Probably right. Probably anyways, but that's tough luck. <laughs> right. Then we announce the nominees mm -hmm. um, at the nominations event, which is usually in March or April. Right. This year, the Rammies are later. It's end of July, as you know. I right. hope you guys are going to be there. Right. Of course we would. Um, and it's interesting because it's great for the industry because it's a little quieter. Right. Not necessarily for other people who are away. But you again, like we sponsors? have sometimes sponsors or guests or people that just want to participate. Right. We are 2,300 people who are attending this year, so I don't. That I'm not like too a concerned. Lot bigger than normal, or is that last year was about 22, 2,300. So okay. it's grown so tremendously. Ten years ago, well, the max was 1,600. That's right. right, and we had a smaller space. So we're right. at the Walter E. Washington Convention wow. Center. Doors open at five o'clock. Mm -hmm. You guys know this well, but others may not. Reception at five o'clock. Right. Awards okay. program at six. Mm -hmm. Celebration, dinner, dancing at seven p.m. Inebriation from seven to well, and I want so we have to take a, we want to take a, a quick break. But when we come back, I'd like to talk about. I mean, what you guys really did was changed the value and the size and the the glam factor of the event. You know, and, and we can get into that afterwards. Sure. But like who you worked with, how you did it, what your vision was, and what people can expect this year. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Booty and the Beast. If you haven't gotten your tickets to the Rammies yet. 
You're going to lose out very soon. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Quickly, I want to thank the folks that make the show possible. Our sponsors at ProFish, uh, the fabulous market at River Falls and Potomac, Celebrity Cruises, and Central Farm Markets. Mm-hmm. If you're not a sponsor, shame on you. You should sponsor this show. That's correct. All right. So we're back. We're talking to Kathy Hollinger, the executive director of uh, uh, the Restaurant Association. Kathy, if I haven't heard of and come to the Rammies, why should I come? You should come because you are either a fan of restaurants across the region and food service, mm-hmm. or you are operating as a business owner or a business that supports this great industry in our sure. region. So, but what can people expect at this event? Because, you know, for years it was really kind of, I mean, there was a lot of imbibing, but it wasn't a, a spectacular event. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't super sexy or anything like that. Everybody got dressed up, everybody went, everybody drank mediocre wine that's years ago and yeah no years ago but right. since you've come in and this is not a slight against your predecessor but sure there was a real change in focus on what this event should and could be so how did that come to be so i think that what we the industry evolved mm-hmm. and i think as a market we really evolved so there's the diner and the consumer and what they may want to experience mm-hmm. and then there's the sponsor and the person coming in to really make it a great event right we had to up both right. we had to create a better experience we had to create service that was expected of the hospitality industry. Right. So if you're coming to an event that's all about service and restaurants and food and beverage. And you're serving like limp chicken. you got to kick up the game. Right. We moved our venue. We work with great partners inside the convention center, Center Plate. They allow us to bring in our food. They mm-hmm. allow us to create our menus. We have amazing sponsors. We have ProFish, Congressional. We have... RNDC, we have um, the countries who want to highlight ingredients and avocados from Peru. So we created them this year. Are the wines? Gosh, I mean, that's those are very hard questions for a Sunday morning for me still. Because I know who's done it in the past. (laughs) There will be wine. But there will be wine. How's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be wine. Okay. The beverage and the food, I mean, it's elevated. We have a beverage chair the same way we have a food chair. This okay. is the first this year. Dwayne Sylvester from... Oh, he used to be yes, from Urban Steak. He's that's so right. We love he him. was our Susan Lucci winner, right, right of the Rammies. Exactly. Um, so we really upped everything. And I think that if you haven't been in the last several years, you will really see how different it is. We mm-hmm. have to create an experience any anyone that walks in the door, whether well, you're a sponsor. The, I mean, you've got the awards and all of that. There's also entertainment, too. I oh, I mean, you have DJ Nicola, if any right. of you have ever. Amazing. It just takes you to a completely different level. Right. Um, it's a great night. Again, it starts at 5 o'clock. It goes until 11. I think some people try to linger. And then there's everything that happens after the Rammies, which are none of my business. Right. I mean. Um, We've all seen what happens after the Of rainies. course. <laughs> we all know all what happens yeah. after. The but rainies. the night is celebrating this industry. Mm-hmm. And I think whether you are a guest or whether you are a sponsor or whether you are a business that supports and provides support to this industry, that's mm-hmm. who's in that room. But let's also talk just a little bit because there's some new categories this year, which I, I think I, what I love about what you guys are doing is that you really appreciate and understand what's happening in the community because it's changed so much and there's so many new things that didn't really fit into categories before. Right. We had to do that, right? Right. I think that, again, as we evolved, we had to listen to the feedback. We got a lot of feedback. You provided feedback. Anyone who has been there, Mm -hmm. um, 
weighed in on what this should really be in terms of a night and what it should reflect. Mm-hmm. Uh, our public voting category, our brunch category. I mean, these are categories over the years that everybody is talking about their favorite brunch spot, right. their favorite fast casual, which was never I mean, the, it, acknowledged. Well, because, I mean, it changed. So, I mean, originally, if we were to think about there was no fast casual, right. it was fast food. So now, but now we have all these organic local people who are doing fantastic right, that's right. You know, properties. And they yeah, should be Daniels recognized. Just opened. I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, I mean, right. I know. There's like fantastic. so much good happening. It's very, very exciting. Yes. All right. Please tell everybody where they can buy tickets. Yes. And also how they can stay in touch. Because even though we bring you guys in a lot, you know, like you just did the uh, Grill and Barbecue Week. We've got Restaurant Week coming up. Like, the organization does so much to promote the industry. And you really need to stay in touch with it to see everything that's going on and who's participating and how they're participating. So let's just give everybody the elevator speech. Absolutely. So we, anyone can come and visit us at remw.org. To get more information on the consumer-facing programs that we do, like Restaurant Week, Summer Restaurant Week is in August, the Mm -hmm. Rammies, end of July, but also to keep in touch with some of the issues that we are at the forefront of Mm -hmm. around, I won't even get into it because it's not as fun as the Rammies and Restaurant Week, but Mm -hmm. they impact small business operators. Right. So we are ramw.org. For the Rammies, we are Mm rammies.org. And for Restaurant Week, we are doing a purpose-driven dining campaign similar to what others have done around uh, giving. Um, and we are partnering with the Capital Area Food Bank. So that's going to be really interesting. That's okay. amazing. Is Thank that the you. first time you guys are doing it? Yes. Congratulations. I love that. That's Thank amazing. You. It's such a great organization. They do, do amazing things. I know we have to move, move on. on. Okay. Okay. Kathy, I got it. Thanks All right. so Thank much. you. All right, let's go back to the guys from Tiger Fork real quick. Um, this is nice. Really lovely. Yeah, All the I mean, cocktails have been really lovely. Drink. Okay, but wait. You want us to talk about this. What oh, yeah, is so it? This, Say uh, it again. So the, the cocktail that we have is uh, uh, based on the, uh, with Baiju, which is a sorghum-based uh, spirit from China. Uh, from okay. China. Um, so they range from very floral to sweet to very, very funky. So the what one in the cocktail. It? What is this? Uh, this is uh, Muay Thai. This is probably the most famous of the Oof, Baijus. Uh, this is the national uh, And what's it brand. made from? Like, what is it? Uh, sorghum. sorghum. This is sorghum. 100%, yeah, 100% sorghum. That's it? Just sorghum? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Um, so this is what, uh, anytime there's uh, in China, you have a state dinner or, or some type of function. That's the this idea. Is what's they get the guests schnookered, and yes. then they say, let's <laughs> so, but have is a it, trade deal. Is it used more mm-hmm. as something that like they drink as a shot, or is it something used within things? You just sip on it throughout the night, and, and many a business Man, deals have been done over strong. bottles of uh, Muay Thai. And, you know, anytime China gives, like, a, a gift to other uh, international relations, oh my like, my, <laughs> it's funky, it's funky, it's funky. <laughs> Wait a minute, I just want to ask, could this be affecting President Trump? Uh, if he goes I'm to just China, asking. he's going to okay. President Trump has he's definitely a received a few of bottles of uh, Muay Thai. And any, really any president cool. has uh, gotten it's also very bottles and bottles of it. Yeah. Really? But it I smells pretty. It's kind of botanically. Like, I like the way it smells. 53, You enjoy it? I like the smell. People say it's an acquired taste. Guys, because the show's almost over tell everybody where tiger fork is uh we're in blagdon alley at 1922 n street in the alley side we're right next to la colombe uh, blagdon alley is like yep. the cool place to be now it really yeah, is with the Dabney across, yeah. Derek yeah. up top you guys yeah. are in a great if you live place. around the area you never have to cook so. it's well very if true. you don't live around the area you should drive down there and go <laughs> or, or uber or gasoline. This is unbelievable. thank you guys right, thanks Monica. for everything thank monica how is our
He did so good. He gave me the couple grunts I was looking for and then just was a breeze the rest of the way. And so what did you do to sort of, because like his skin is so smooth right now. There is no bumps, no anything. Like, And it's so soft. Isn't it? It's like when, that's what know, happens. You're going to want your when, arms gone and your arms born, <laughs> When he was born, he felt like he feels like a baby. Like a baby's butt, yes. Baby, and he cried, <laughs> he he cried he the born. same way. <laughs> well, it's that double benefit. You know, mm -hmm. we remove the hair, so that gives you the smoothness. But then the exfoliation, and then we did a post-wax serum that has a couple essential oils in there to keep the skin nice and soft and also keeps you from being sticky so you don't Because I out. think some people sometimes when they get waxed they get bumps and stuff and is that because they're not putting on like the right stuff nope. afterwards? He may get bumps in a day or two, little bumpies we call them, a little bit of witch hazel will help. It's just the follicles kind of I say freaking out sometimes Okay. and especially the first time you wax. It can happen Okay. and I'll give Sam all the post care instructions if it does if but it does you don't happen. need to freak okay. out about it. Yeah. And so when people come into you like for the first time mm -hmm. you give them a whole 411 on what they need to do and how to best be prepared for the waxing treatment and then also the after process? Absolutely. They fill out a full consent form so we make sure health-wise, medications, allergies, all of that before we even get started. Okay. Um, that's a non-negotiable. Then during the treatment, we're telling you what to do post-care. Mm -hmm. um, we have products that you can purchase at the studio or own signatures, scrubs, oils, things like that. I mean, is there things that you shouldn't do? Like, what about, like, drinking or, you know, drinking alcohol or things of that nature? Like, is, is any of that bad for your skin prior to being waxed? So the drinking part, I say if it's mind over matter, I mean, don't come in like crazy drunk, but if you need a glass of wine and it makes you feel better to right. get it done, it can cause a little extra sensitivity. It's not going to harm your skin. Okay. Um, so it's okay. It's just better to avoid that. But and people don't come um, in like they caffeine. do in a tattoo parlor drunk. Right, no. I don't want to be <laughs> Well, maybe a couple. Of <laughs> <Wax> me, <baby. laughs> um, and then no major exercise, pool, jacuzzi, 24 to 48 hours. Your skin is more prone to ingrowns and bacteria and just a is little more true? sensitive yes oh yes. i didn't know that oh right. so right. you can't work out i promise i won't work exercise. all right <laughs> i give you a waxer's yeah. note excuse <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's one of the major problems i'm having now is i'm realizing just how obvious my lack of cardio is because i can't see any it's not covered any right? of my veins and before there was some camouflage no you did great people find you um our website is c-e-r-a dash studio.com. Okay. Right. Studio. And you have two locations. Bethesda and yeah. Fairfax Mosaic District. Excellent. Thank right. you so much Thank for coming so today. we got to wrap. we got a we minute do. left. We Everything do. you heard about on the show today you can find on Nikki's website, the mm -hmm. list are you on it dot com. Mm -hmm. Follow her on WTOP. She's on live at 1240 every Thursday. And uh, follow her on Twitter. Yes. And don't follow me at all because I don't tweet and I don't care. <laughs> okay. We want to thank all of our guests. We have such a full studio this morning. We want to thank everybody yeah, for coming in thank studio. You. So thank you very much. Next week's show is going to be just as delicious. We have Nick coming in from Iron Gate and the guys from District Distilling. And Brent Kroll is coming in because he just opened Kroll. up Maxwell. We're going to be drinking some wine. Everybody, please have a delicious week.